Welcome to episode number 44 of the Mastering Marriage Podcast, where our goal is to strengthen, unite, and restore your marriage. My name is Amanda Taylor, and together with my husband, David, we are the co-founders of MendarMarriage.com, and our goal is to break the back of divorce by bringing married couples together to be accountable, keep the passion alive, and destroy the hidden issues that try to rip marriages apart. And we are back in the booth today with me, of course, Amanda Taylor, and my husband, my boo, my love, David Taylor. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> um, thank you for the intro. <laughs> um, welcome, guys. We are back in the booth with another information-packed episode of the Mastering Marriage Podcast. Oh, the top-ranked Mastering Marriage Podcast. I got to add that in uh -oh, there. I'm sorry. Uh -oh. I just got to add that in there. But anyway, um, welcome, guys. We are back, and we have another episode for you that we would like to drop in your hands. Um, as usual, I want you to take some notes on this one because we're going to be dropping some nuggets. Um, and before we do... I want to let you guys know that this episode, episode number 44, is brought to you on behalf of Motivated to Love. Um, yes. The Amazon best-selling Motivated to Love. Praise God. Um, yes, thank you, Jesus, for that. Um, this book is available on Amazon, and you can also find it on the interweb at www.motivatedthenumber2love.com. Um, and yeah, check it out. I am pleased to announce that uh, my book is done. And so it's a very healthy compliment to Motivate to Love, but I'll talk about that a little bit later on in the episode. But anyway, let's dive right in because we got a lot to uh, cover. Actually, before we dive in, is there anything you want to say first? You want to say anything? I mean, it's been a while since um, we've been on the mic. I'm just glad to be back on the mic. Um, um, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has reached out via email, voicemails, mm, yeah. um, reviews. Uh, we really appreciate your support. We have people to say, hey, y'all keep these podcasts going because, you know, both the husband and wife are listening in, taking notes and applying the concept. So we yeah. just want to say thank you. Thank and we you appreciate guys. you. We really do appreciate you. And we're going to keep we're going to keep up. We're going to try to continue to give you guys great value. Um, so speaking of that, let's let's go ahead and dive right in, because today we're going to talk about um, we're going to hint at the mind of a reluctant spouse. And I want to kind of, because we've been getting tons of emails and messages and requests um, and questions just around the concept of how do you interact with a reluctant spouse? How do you communicate with them? Um, and what do you do when they reject you? And so I want to kind of slightly put a ripple in the puddle um, as a prelude to the book. Now, first, some people may not know what reluctant I know. I got is. that in here. Okay. You ain't got my notes. That's why you, you yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> but anyway, so by now you guys know our story um, about how I was once reluctant, um, how I was engaged in an emotional relationship um, and preparing to leave the marriage, you know, and you know how Mandy remained motivated to love, right? You know her story, her testimony, her stand, how she stood for the marriage, even in the face of constant rejection from me. Um... And as you heard us share, that season of our marriage, of our lives, was probably the most difficult and complicated season. Would you agree? That, yes, sir. That, that season of us standing and going through the ups and downs and the, the pain, the hurdles, all of that. I mean, it was difficult, right? It, it was difficult for Mandy in the, in the sense that she literally had to become love 
towards an unloving person. And that's probably one of the most difficult things to do, especially on a consistent basis and in the marriage. Not by my own strength. <laughs> Not by her own strength, right? And it was difficult for me because I was so lost. I was confused, isolated, um, and I had to come to terms with my true self. So all the issues that I was trying to hide that I didn't want nobody else to see, I had to come to terms with that. And it, so it was extremely difficult. So today, in today's episode, um, I want to take some time to slightly reopen that chapter um, and share with you guys some information that will hopefully help you to be able to communicate and endure the season of your marriage that's dark right now. You know, especially if you're interacting or you, you're living with a reluctant spouse. Um, the information that we provide today would, I, I, is my hope that you take it and you apply it. Um, and I don't know about you, Mandy, but that's one of my pet peeves is that, you know, when we're helping, you know, take the information and apply it, right? Because we get a lot of people that they, they, they like to get the message, but then they stop applying it. And that's when we see people struggle with their stands. What, what do you think? No. Yeah, most definitely. Um, in my group, uh, my private group on Facebook, for those who purchased the book, I interact with uh, with standards daily. Um, and they, you know, sometimes they oscillate back and forth from feeling strong to feeling defeated to mm. feeling rejected and empty. And, um, and so it's definitely important to know um, how to communicate with your reluctant spouse and also how to keep yourself full and overflowing with the love of God and with the word of God yeah. while you're standing because you can't give what you don't have. Exactly. That, that is so good. And so, so, so this is, that's what we're going to kind of touch on today. Um, and we want you guys to apply this information because it's, it's, it's going to help you. It's going to help you. Um, and, and so the goal is this, that if we can give you information on how to interact with a reluctant spouse and how to understand a reluctant spouse, um, the more you can understand them, the better you can, communicate with them right so the more information you get that can help you the better you will be the more equipped you'll be when it comes to you actually interacting with them um, and so like i said every week we get tons of messages um, the issues that we get uh like they range from i don't know what communication all the way to finances i mean sex we, intimacy yeah, um yeah. dealing with being separated you know yeah. all kinds of things but most of them are focused around the topic of communication in some fad. Uh, fad. What's that? Is that a new word? I got a new word That's to y'all. Some fad <laughs> in some fashion. Um, but here's the thing. On a deeper level, like once we start to really peel apart some of these issues, um, we notice that they, reson they resonate more so when the behaviors of a reluctant spouse is misunderstood, misinterpreted, or taken personally. And so... What, what I mean, what I mean by that is most of the time the issues become issues when someone doesn't truly understand why their reluctant spouse is doing or saying what they're doing or saying. And then they begin to take it personally. They, you know, they get rejected, things like that. And so I want to, I want to talk about that really fast. Um, and, and again, like I said earlier, I actually finished my book. Um, and it focuses on helping motivated spouses to better understand um, and interact with and communicate with their reluctant spouses. And so um, I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about that in the end, but let me go ahead and dive in really quickly. So um, consider today's conversation a prelude to the book. How about you do that? Um, and so here's a go. 
if you hear, let, let's dive in real fast. I know I'm excited. I got to calm down. I, I just, I'm excited. Okay. You, she laughing at me. Y'all can't see her, but she laughing because I'm over here stumbling. But anyway, so if you're married to a reluctant spouse, it will be impossible and damaging to interact with them as you would normally interact with them if they weren't reluctant. Okay. So just, just know that. If you're trying to interact with a reluctant spouse the same way you would interact if they were motivated, you're going to cause more damage than good. And as you know by now, a reluctant spouse, or if you don't know, here's a quick definition of a reluctant spouse. A reluctant spouse is one who is struggling with their decision to remain married, right? They may have voiced it verbally, or they may have gradually emotionally withdrawn from the marriage. And I was both of those. There was a season when I had withdrawn emotionally, and then there was a season when I verbalized it to Mandy. Um, and they may be doing more things like affairs and other stuff, right? No matter the case, if they have disconnected emotionally from the marriage, then they are reluctant, right? And one thing that I noticed a lot is the moment a spouse becomes reluctant, the motivated spouse automatically goes through a period of time when they are rejected and depressed. And they often initially internalize this rejection. And as a result, get this, guys, they make the situation more about how they feel instead of why they feel rejected. And that's the difference. Most people gloss over this. And I don't want you to gloss over this point because it's really important, especially for those who are at the beginning of their stand. It is extremely easy for us to internalize our negative emotions. We almost do that by default, especially if someone else was responsible for provoking them. Often, our immediate response, once someone rejects us, is to protect ourselves. Even if you don't react in a defensive manner, though, the moment you internalize rejection, you lose your ability to practice what I call empathic objectivity. I'm going to talk about that, that term real fast. That, just made, that, that was one I made up earlier. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. I don't know if I heard that or made it up, but I think I made it up. But here's what I mean when I say empathic. <laughs> what? What? Why are you looking I'm at me? Listening. You're here's, deep. here's what I mean when I say empathic objectivity. This is when you're able to be objective about how you feel, right? So this is when you have emotions, but you can be objective about those emotions that you're experiencing. So someone who can do this will be better positioned to truly address the issues that their reluctant spouse is demonstrating. Right? We, you guys have probably heard us talk about being emotionally balanced. A person who has empathic objectivity is emotionally balanced because they're not allowing how they feel to dictate what they do. Got it? Okay. So how does one practice empathic objectivity? Well, I'm glad you asked. Go ahead and demonstrate a little bit or tell you a little bit about how you can actually get to this point. Um, here are a few pointers to help you accomplish this. So number one is this. Keep in mind that your spouse is wounded and that these wounds will nine times out of ten have nothing to do with you. Remember this, okay? They're struggling to cope with voids that were developed way before you came into the picture. And so you can't interact with them as if they're blaming or okay they are blaming you but you can't take it personal when they blame you for their pain or when they blame you for the condition of the marriage 
You got to remember that they're wounded. Wounded people protect themselves. That's what they do. Never, ever, ever own rejection. The moment you accept it, you have to nurture it. Mandy, you remember the movie um, Little Shop of Horror? I do. You remember Feed Me Seymour? What was that? Is that what was the little plant name? Seymour. Seymour. Yeah. Feed Me Seymour. I thought he, I thought the guy no, named Seymour. No, um, it was um. <laughs> I forgot. His okay, name. well, you know, y'all know that movie, Little Shop of Horror, with that little plant, mm-hmm. and it gets bigger and bigger, and eventually it eats people. Mm-hmm. That's what rejection will look like. The moment you own it, you have to nurture it, right? And it's going to cost you every time, every time you uh, face it, never, not really face it, but every time you accept it, it's going to cost a little bit of you, and it's going to consume you more and more until it gets big enough to consume you altogether. Right? You don't want that, Mm-mm. right? So. Remember, don't own rejection. Don't own it. Before you react to your reluctant spouse, I want you to pay attention to this, guys. Before you react to your reluctant spouse, take the proper time to self-assess yourself. You got that? Self-assess yourself. Why do you feel rejected? Like, what was their rejecting you? What was, what has their rejecting you triggered in you? Like, why are you triggered in the first place? Never see your reluctant spouse as separate from you. This is key. Now, you probably will never hear anybody say this, but I'm going to say it. Never hear, never hear. Never see your reluctant spouse as separate from you. Remember, you're married and thus you guys are still one. Right. Right? You need to leverage that position in prayer. Right? Leverage that position in prayer before God because he still sees you guys as one body. And so, the moment you become disjointed, right? A house divided against itself can't what? It cannot stand. Yeah. So, don't get disjointed. Also, how many times have you got mad at your own body part for being injured? Right? I mean, that one really don't even make sense. Mm-hmm. I stubbed my toe, so I'm mad at my toe for being hurt. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. Instead, you protect it. Mm-hmm. And you look to make sure that you're healing properly. That's good. Right? And so, if you guys are one, you have to treat your spouse as if you guys are still one. Thus protecting your ability to heal instead of isolating yourself from that person. Does that make sense? Right. And I just want to say the same mindset that got you all to this place cannot be the same mindset that gets you out of it. That's good. So the same level of consciousness cannot be the same level of consciousness that got you to where you are now cannot be the same level of consciousness that gets you out of it. So remember, this is a spiritual Mm -hmm. battle and not a natural battle. Instead, you should be looking for remedies to the pain and solutions so that the body can heal properly, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to protect yourself from the source or from the pain spot. Right. And we know this is foreign. Yeah. This is totally different from what society teaches us, probably what we were taught in the home, what we see, what we've learned and what we know just, just in the world around us. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to understand that when we're doing this by the Spirit and being led by the Spirit, everything changes. Everything definitely changes. Here's another point to remember. Resist the urge to take their behaviors personal. And I said this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. Resist the urge to take their behaviors personal. Remember that your reluctant spouse, they're confused and lost. They don't know how to manage their own emotions. And their emotional confusion will look to distort your world as well, right? Like begets like. Birds of a feather flock together. 
misery loves company, right? And so if they're confused, don't expect them to give you nothing less than confusion when they communicate and when they emote, okay? Just want you to remember that. Don't let it. Instead, what? Did, it, did you miss something? Did I miss something? You looked at me when I said don't let it. <laughs> no, you, okay, that's fine. I'm keeping that in. No, but I, I, when I said don't let it, I'm talking about allowing their emotional confusion yeah, to affect your world. Oh, you, oh, I, I left <laughs> you on your seat. I left you on your seat. That was good. That was good. Don't let it confuse you, okay? Instead, expect for things to get cloudy. Prepare for confusion through consistent prayer, okay? If you have the healthy expectation that they're going to be confused, you can already be prepared for that through consistent prayer. Okay? It's strategic. So it doesn't mean expect you to be confused or that... Well, no, 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 no. I say expect you to be confused at times too. Because okay. if you've never been in this position, it's going to be... Okay, yes, yes. There's going to be confusion. But then I want... Because then some people will throw that scripture in. God is not the author of confusion. Ain't so no, we need... Ain't nobody say God was giving you this. That's why I say go to God to remedy the confusion. Mm -hmm. Right? Prepare for, confu prepare for confusion through consistent prayer. Mm -hmm. So when you go to prayer, when you go to God in prayer, who's not the author of confusion... You get the opposite of confusion. You get peace. Correct. You get clarity. Mm -hmm. So that way, when confusion comes, you're prepared for that with your peace and clarity. And it takes patience because t mm. God's timing is not our timing. Yeah. So if you're still confused and not getting anything, don't get frustrated after a couple of months. Yeah. Because just like it took a while for you all to get where you are, mm. it's going to take time to get out of this place for God to rip up the foundation mm -hmm. that was the foundation that was not laid on him or in him. Mm -hmm. That's good. And it just like Mandy said, it took you guys a while to get there. So you have to understand why you actually are there in the first place. Right. What is you this don't want season? a bandaid. You don't want a bandaid on top. Yeah. Of you it. don't want a bandaid. What you want to know is what is this season of my life telling me about my life? What am I learning about myself based off of my position? Most people don't ask that. They only seek to get out the pain instead of leaning into the pain. That's my favorite. <laughs> that, that's his favorite that's thing. Favorite. Leaning in. Yeah. yeah. Lastly, here's another thing. And then I'm going to move to another topic real fast. Remember your oath to love your spouse unconditionally. Better or worse. For better or worse. We all say those vows. Then all of a sudden when we get worse, we want better. Right. right, and we want we want out. We want to protect or ourselves. We want to say we deserve better. We oh my gosh, I'm not even gonna get on the whole concept of I deserve better. Let's be real. No, no, I'm not gonna go there. No, 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 no. Bump that, man. Bump it. Bump it. Let's be real. What right do we have to sit and say we deserve better of anything? Like the only perfect person is Christ. Yes, and so. I can't legitimately sit here and say I deserve anything because I am not perfect. Mm -hmm. I am not. And so it's 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 called being faithful or being or rather being blessed that I get blessed. But it's not because I deserved it. Mm -hmm. Listen, your stand is not works oriented. Just like your stand with God, your your relationship with God has God's nothing to do with your works. It's not works it, yeah, oriented. It's, it's not. And so it's, it has nothing to do with what you do. Mm -hmm. It's relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm okay. I'm not gonna get on that. I it's got relationship with God. It's relationship with God. So you have to see. You have to mirror that with your spouse, right? That, and it, that and concept. it doesn't doesn't feel good, and it's not easy. Just like Jesus going to the cross was not easy. Yeah. You know. So I mean, I know we kind of 
go. We're not trying to preach and, and no, get off no, right now. But might, at the same time, might we might have to pass the bucket. We yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> but but it's it's important to address that. Yeah. Yeah. We're not saying stay in a, a relationship where you're getting beat on or you're being verbally no, no. abused or something like that. That's not what we're talking if about. If there's abuse in any way and not abuse because you feel like he called you some, you know, something and all of a sudden you and your feelings. But I'm saying like if there's a legitimate abuse, go seek help. Mm-hmm. Go seek help. OK, we're not advocating for you to stay in an abusive relationship at all. That is not what we're advocating. Exactly. Right. It, it, this this information is to help you stand stronger. This information is to help you to understand how to effectively interact with a reluctant spouse. Okay. And so we just spoke about, you know, dealing with rejection and making sure that you don't own it. Let's move to another topic real fast. Another major thing that I notice with motivated spouses, especially with those at the beginning of their stage, mm-hmm. is their inability to communicate effectively with a reluctant spouse. Right. We notice that a lot. And it's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's just something that's part of the process. You aren't going to come into this stage or the season of your marriage knowing everything, knowing how to say everything the right way. Right. right? That's why you got to learn and grow. Um, same with marriage. We didn't get go into our marriage knowing nothing really, <laughs> you know, so we had to learn and grow as we went. But for most standards who don't understand what it really means to be reluctant, they will communicate with their spouse from a guarded position. You can't communicate with a reluctant spouse from a guarded position. Okay. I'll tell right, you why. Right. But you can't. Just trust me on this. As I mentioned earlier, you can't interact with a reluctant spouse the same way you would interact if they were not reluctant. Your your approach has to be different. Mm-hmm. You have to change your approach. Your, com- your communication, as a matter of fact, has to be strategic. And we throw this word around, but we really mean it. Your approach in terms of your communication has to be very strategic. Not manipulative. Not manipulative. So I'm, I'm going to tell you what strategic looks like. In order to connect with them, you will have to start paying attention to the details that you would normally overlook. You will have to take a strategic position, not a defensive position. You can't do both. Strategic position is different than defensive position. Okay? Can I give an example? Go ahead. I'm going to give an example. Some of the standards in my group have dealt with this, where, where their husband or their reluctant spouse has said, I want you to go because you deserve better. Or I want you to go because I can't give you what you need. You Mm -hmm. know, and so they use words like that. But sometimes when we get in our feelings and we are focusing on them saying maybe we should we should separate, we miss what their heart is saying, Mm -hmm. which is saying, I don't feel worthy of your love. I don't feel capable of being able to support you or be the husband or wife that you need that you need. Yeah. I don't feel like you can uh, forgive me for whatever happened. So, you know, you go ahead and go. We go our separate ways. Yeah, and that's that's good because if I get caught up with what your mouth is saying, I will completely miss what your heart is saying. And I may say something in response to what your mouth is saying that will cause more damage than good, like I talked about earlier. So that I'll is that's, Yeah, that, that, and I'm actually, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. That's good. Good stuff, baby. Really good stuff. Okay, so now your job. Okay, so we talked about the fact that you have to have a strategic position, right? So out of that position, your job is figuring out how to connect with them opposed to convincing them that they should return to the marriage. Stop trying to convince them to return. I'm just going to put that out there. Doesn't work, right? Your job is to connect with them instead. Often, it is how you communicate with a reluctant spouse 
that will either make or break the process. I promise you. Ironically, it is usually the communication struggles that you have that will create more stress for you as well. Right? So to make this a, a less of a less of a stressful situation, use your words properly. Don't expect them to outright tell you why they are reluctant. Don't expect for them to be completely open and honest. Okay? And I know this is going to be one a big pill to swallow, but they're not going to be able to tell you the truth all the time, right? After all, you got to remember they're lost in what, baby? They are confused. confused. She she was lost and confused there. <laughs> I got her lost and confused. But what about people that say, but they a grown man or they a grown woman. They should know how. Uh, should and can are two separate things. We all should know how. That don't mean we do, right? Right. We all should drive the speed limit, but that don't mean we do. We all should tell the truth all the time. That don't mean we do. And none of us were ever actually taught, sat down and taught how to be married. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. So you got to remember that. Remember. And, you know, and... Communication, learning how to communicate in a marriage is definitely something that is is lacking. Yeah. And so your spouse is there. If they're reluctant, they're lost and they're confused and you have to see them as such. Before we conclude the show, let me let me go over some strategies for enhancing your communication with your reluctant spouse. Let me go over some points real fast um, and then we'll be done. So here's here's something to remember. Remember that if you communicate because you are rejected, you're communicating through that pain. What that means is that your words will be more likely to express your desire to protect yourself rather than your desire to truly understand your spouse. Right? Again, you ain't going to get mad at your toe if you stubbed your toe and it's hurting. You're not going to get mad because your toe is hurting. Okay? So just remember that. Never communicate with your reluctant spouse when you are angry. This is an absolute no-no. Please, if you're angry, go sit down. Some, go have away. a seat. Have some several seats. Have Walk some away. several seats. Now, this is more to protect you from saying something that will make the situation even worse. Kind of like what Mandy was talking about earlier. Okay, they say, well, I think we should go our separate ways. And you, out of a defensive, rejected state, say, fine, I'm leaving. Or leave, or kick them out, which is what we've heard a lot of people say they do. You know, that's you um, causing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Take some time, walk away, pray, hear especially, what God says, and go especially back. Especially if you're position, positioning yourself as the one... Um, showing a godly example. Exactly, exactly. And that's definitely not a godly godly example to say, well, fine, leave. That's you protecting yourself, okay? Gather information before you communicate. This is another key. Pay attention to what they say. Pay attention to how they say it. Pay attention to when they say it. And pay attention to what happened right before they said what they said. You got that? (laughs) Pay attention to what they say how they say it, when they said it, and what happened right before they said what they said. Everything, and I believe, I, I truly believe, everything in this season is informative. Use all the information at your disposal, but make sure you're paying attention. Be observant. Often, here's another point, often your emotions will cloud what you see, thus affecting what you do. The more emotionally balanced you are, the better the quality of information you can collect. Okay, And I just want to say this, that I know that especially sometimes when standards have been standing for a while, they get complacent. They feel like, you know what, I've filled up enough. I've worshipped. I've prayed enough. Mm. I've I've been doing my thing and, and I'm strong. I feel strong. And then they, they kind of fall off. 
And it's just, you have to think about it like this. You don't stop eating for four or five days in a row just because you ate enough on Sunday. Yeah. You know, you have to think about, you know, what you are putting in spiritually um, as daily nourishment, Mm -hmm. you know, so that you are empowered and you have energy and and you have the nutrients that you need. Um, So just just keep that in mind that you don't want to get complacent and you want to always continue to build yourself up and fill yourself up. So you're prepared no matter what's going on. I agree. And this kind of goes into the next one. Pay attention to the patterns of your reluctant spouse. Learn their emotional cycles so that you can pick the best spots to plant seeds. And speaking of planting seeds, focus only on planting seeds in this season of your marriage. Don't focus on getting them to hear you out. Focus on planting seeds. Don't focus on getting your way. Focus on planting seeds. Seeds can be anything that if done at the right time will you will yield future few. Ooh, I sound like my dad. I just sound like my dad when I said that. Let's try that again. <laughs> seeds can be anything that if done at the right time will yield future fruit. Fruit. I can't say the word. Help me. Will yield future, future fruit. fruit. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm about to blame Otis for that. Blame Otis for that, y'all. <laughs> anyway, last point. Always pray before you speak. Make that a habit. Like for real, for real. Like, if you're not accustomed to doing this, start doing it so that you can only speak things that you get from God. Don't be speaking. I'm just going to speak my mind and say how I feel. Nope. You're going you're gonna to lay a leather, set off another landmine doing that. Right? Don't just sit there and speak what you feel because you feel, right, you you justified. Now, don't do that. Mm-mm. I'm going to speak my mind. I'm gonna, just going to tell them how I'm out. Nope. Stop. Sit down. Take a seat. Pray. Then speak. Right? Good job, Louis. <laughs> I'm turned up, right? Because I got a book dropping. Anyway, anyway. So, okay, let, let's do this. Let's cut it there because I know we're going over 30 minutes here. Um, and this is, I, I want to be respectful of your time, but this is like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to trying to effectively interact and communicate with the reluctant spouse, literally. Um, it's just a snapshot into the mind of a reluctant spouse. And speaking of the mind of a reluctant spouse... <laughs> I want to take a few minutes to share with you my new book that's dropping soon. I'm going to give you the day in a minute. So, okay, my new book, thanks to everybody in the Motivated to Love private group that helped us. The book is titled this. It's titled, I Said I Do, But Now I Don't, Understanding the Mind of a Reluctant Spouse. That's what it's called. I Said I Do, But Now I Don't, Understanding the Mind of a Reluctant Spouse. And this book is literally written based off of hundreds of, of questions that we received months ago. And what I did is I distilled these questions down into six different categories and kind of only picked the major questions that I felt could really kind of broaden the gaps between all the other questions. And so here's the six categories that the book is going to focus on. It's going to focus on the reluctant spouse in love, the reluctant spouse in their relationship with God, the reluctant spouse in their mindset, the reluctant spouse in their communication, and how reluctant spouses cope. And I think, did I say reluctant spouse and their emotions? Okay, so the reluctant spouse and their emotions. So all six of those categories are going to be what the book covers. And I'm telling you, it's rich stuff because it really will help you to understand why they say and do what they say and do. That way you can have, it's when, a, when a reluctant spouse says, I don't love you, I'm going to tell you what they mean. by I'm going to tell you what they mean when they say that. 
So this mm-hmm. book, I'm telling you, it's, it's a labor of love. I'm glad to have had it written and edited and out the way now. And now I can focus on just going, going ahead and getting it out. So the day that the book is going to come out is November the 10th. That's a Tuesday. Okay? You heard it loud and clear. Um, expect to hear more information about where to go to find it. Um, but November the 10th, Woo! it's coming out. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm ready. Yeah, um, but we're going to end there. So anyway, guys, we took up enough of your time. We appreciate all of your time and attention. Thanks we're for pre- joining us. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your support. Go and comment on the page, mendarmarriage.com slash episode 44. That's mendarmarriage.com slash episode 44. Leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. Uh, subscribe in iTunes if you haven't. Okay. That way you get these, uh, podcasts automatically downloaded every week or every time they come out to your iPhone, um, mm-hmm. or iPad. But in any case, guys, we really appreciate your time and we will talk to you later. Deuces. Deuces. <laughs>